Shalom mishpacha. Shalom, family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. We're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. Oh, we want everyone, everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. I'm concerned about this generation. Uh, This generation doesn't even know about hell. Uh, This generation doesn't even know about heaven. And I believe that this is God's moment of mercy for people to have an encounter with Jesus like That'll be so life-changing. It'll be. It'll transcend religion. It will be where it's supposed to be, and Christians are going to become normal. That's why I'm so pleased to announce our brand new book. Uh, the title is "Heaven Is Beyond Your Wildest Expectations," and then along with the book, we're offering two CDs. Uh, in the book and on the CDs are the people that, in my opinion, have had the most documented, the best experiences uh, with heaven of any people over the last close to 40 years that I've been interviewing people about uh, the supernatural. Uh, And as a matter of fact, I have on the telephone right now Gary Wood. And uh, Gary, uh, I have to tell you, of all of the people that I have interviewed— that have visited heaven, you have some of the most unique, amazing adventures that help so many people. So for those that aren't that familiar with you, I'm going to take you back to uh, 1966. Uh, You're you're 18 years of age. Uh, You're with your uh, kid sister, Sue. Uh, or was she a kid sister, or was she older? I don't even know. No, she was she, just my younger sister. Yeah. Okay, younger sister Sue, you're, you're, you're driving in your car. All of a sudden, uh, there is uh, uh, something in front of you, and you have an accident. Uh, just, I mean, totally no premonition, no nothing. Boom! Yeah. What happened to you? Well, it uh, actually was Christmas Eve night on December 23rd. My little sister was singing Silent Night, Holy Night. And we were looking at all the beautiful sights, and uh, snow was falling. And suddenly, uh, in the midst of her singing, she just let out a blood-curdling scream. And I turned to look, and I saw this horror etched across her face. And then, Sid, we crashed into the back of it. 10-ton record truck that had been illegally parked on the edge of the highway. It was uh, completely saturated and covered in oil, and uh, I never saw it. My little sister saw a glimpse of it, attempted to warn me, and uh, it was too late, just like crashing into a brick wall. Instantly, I felt this sharp, searing pain in my face. It was like an explosion, and then I was just lifted up out of my body. My whole life literally passed before my eyes in an instant, and I was caught up in a swirling, massive, funnel-shaped cloud that was a brilliant light, yet not blinding, and uh, angels came 
and they took me underneath their wings. Isaiah talks about that. At, at uh, just out of curiosity, before that time, uh, I assume you were a true believer, uh, but had you ever seen an angel before that time? No, sir, I never had. I was I was uh, born again or became a believer in Jesus the Messiah as a young man when I was six years of age. Uh, I was literally adopted. Both my parents were alcoholics, and I was uh, <clears throat> abused as a child, and I was adopted into a family, and my name was legally changed. And then they took me to hear the simple gospel that Jesus Christ died and uh, came to give us everlasting life. And uh, Uh, now let me take you back to uh, the accident that you had uh, and uh, the paramedics when they came. Uh, Did they see much hope for you? They pronounced me dead instantly at the scene of the accident. Okay, so now you're, uh, all right, you are dead, dead, uh, you are out of your body, you're headed towards heaven, uh, what, you saw the angels, what happened next? Well, they took me and I saw this gigantic golden satellite, see, it's suspended in space, there's no place on earth that can sustain it, and it's actually, just as uh, the Bible talks about, stretched out in the north place in Job chapter 26, verse 7, and I saw it laid out in the form of a cube, and uh, it, I saw 12 foundations. So, so heaven looked like a satellite in the, in the heavens? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Bend it out in what we would call uh, nothing, literally. Or in, hmm. it, it just hangs upon uh, out there in, in the atmosphere. And I saw 12 names of the apostles written upon those 12 foundations. Now, each of those foundations are different stone as recorded in uh, Exodus 28 in the high priest's breastplate. The first foundational stone is uh, is diamonds, uh, jasper, and it stands for the glory of God. And this city is beyond our wildest uh, imaginations, like you... Uh, the, the title of the book, right? Exactly. It's uh, it's bigger than you can uh, comprehend with your little peanut uh, mind. But uh, literally, it, it's over 6,000 times the size of New York City. Uh, it's 9,000 times the size of uh, Chicago. And a scientist one time said, gave me the dimensions that they have worked out concerning the city. And it's 250,000 square miles at its base of perimeter, 780,000 stories high, and there's enough room to comfortably accommodate 100 million people. Hmm. Who was the first person you saw in heaven? The very first person was a friend of mine who had died in an accident in high school. My best friend, his name was John. 
And when I entered into the city, there was a, there was an angel said standing there in front of the gate, and I'm just giving you the dimensions. So this angel was at least seventy feet tall. When I was in heaven, so, so you had no problem with years ago. Uh, uh, Oral Roberts talked about this huge angel. Uh, he saw a small angel compared to the one you saw. <laughs> small, small. I never saw an angel less than what we would, uh, in our dimension, say 40 feet tall. <laughs> and this angel had a drawn sword, golden hair, and uh, I was granted access into the city. And I must emphasize this because I had received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And uh, I walked down a corridor and met this friend of mine, which answers in my mind, I'm asked this question all the time, will we know one another in heaven? And Matthew eight eleven says that people are going to be coming from the east and from the west, and they'll sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and so we're going to know one another. And I embrace my friend. Uh, in this accident, he had lost his head, but I immediately recognized him. Several times in your book, uh, there's an indescribable language, and I, I read in the book other people's experiences, and uh, they're just like mine. You have a you have a language that is like universal. And it's it's mind talk there. Dr. Richard Eby, who I was privileged to meet uh, probably many years ago, it's been over 30 years ago, uh, talks about in your book that the language was perfect and you understood it in a split second. And uh, that's that's what happened exactly to me. My, my friend and I communicated but it's not like you and I are, are uh, communicating right now uh, via, uh, you know, talking here on the mm-hmm. radio. It, it was just an instantaneous mind-to-mind uh, communication. Uh, does everyone, in your opinion, that dies and goes to heaven meet someone initially that they knew on earth, or was that unusual? No, sir. I believe that. I believe that's that's normal. I believe that the moment uh, you leave this earth, uh, word goes forth, and there's a great celebration party that's prepared for you. Uh, your relatives. Can you just imagine when uh, Oral Roberts went home to be with the Lord? Uh, there's a message that goes throughout all heaven, saying. Your loved one's coming home. They're on their way. Get ready. And so there's just uh, there's great anticipation, and people uh, that you've known meet you as you enter into this beautiful, wonderful place. Uh, and then Sid and my friend took me to a library, and in this library there were just volumes and volumes of books. There were prayer requests, uh, books on our growth uh in in our relationship with Jesus the Messiah here upon the earth, the record of people that we introduced to Jesus is there because that's the dearest thing to the heart of God. And while I was there, I saw... Let me ask you a question. I'm curious about this. Uh, Our ministry has led uh, thousands uh, and thousands of people to the Lord. Do you believe people that are partners with our ministry, there's a credit to them in these books? I'm just curious. 
Absolutely, absolutely. They they are joint heirs with the blessing and the reward that's going to come uh, to you because they have helped finance and uh, given people the opportunity to hear testimonies such as mine and these other marvelous testimonies that are in your book, Heaven is Beyond Your Wildest. Oh, look, we've sent out a million books to unsaved Jewish people of testimonies of Jewish people that believe in Jesus. A million households in North America. You know what? Our time is slipping away. But if you've enjoyed my discussion with Gary, imagine what will happen when you read the best of the best in this brand new book, we're just making available to you right now, Heaven is Beyond Your Wildest Expectations. Ten true stories of ordinary people that have experienced heaven. And then the two CDs of interviews of people. It's priceless. Some of these people have already died in, and are permanently in heaven. Uh, but we're making the two CDs and the book and a bonus CD of how the devil attacked Gary Wood with cancer. And as he shares this, so many people are getting healed of cancer, all available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. I know you had an experience with Jesus. Was this your uh, perception of the love that just exuded out of his body, every pore of his body? Absolutely, Sid. A, a radiant beauty came forth emanating from him, and I, I just saw pure, unadulterated love. Uh, his his hair is pure white, just like a rabbi's hair. He's Jewish. This is uh, this is comical to me, uh, rather humorous. But everywhere I go, people want to know: is is Jesus still Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> You don't Is Jesus still a male? <laughs> Give me a break. No. Okay. I always find that rather humorous. <laughs> you don't you lose your uh, ethnicity, you know. Uh, whatever origin you are, you'll still remain that. But uh, Jesus had the purest love flowing forth from him. He, he, you know, he looked at me, Sid, and he said, Tell my people never to bind to the condemnation of the devil that they're unworthy. He said, I've redeemed them by the blood of the Lamb. Well, well you know, I've been studying, uh, I, I, Gary, I have been studying the love of God, and that is my goal. That's my main pursuit, to be so filled with his love, because as I study the Scripture, the greatest miracles occur because of the the compassion released, the anointing released through the compassion of Jesus when he would lay hands on people. Uh, and if there is a way to—have you learned anything to, uh, to be saturated with this love uh, that might help me? I think that's the most important ingredient that all of us that believe Jesus is the Messiah can possess. Many times in our services uh, where I'm uh, talking about my experience, uh, I will take time uh, to wrap my arms around people and, and just hold them and just love them and hopefully let them feel the love that Jesus imparted into me 
flowing into them. Have you seen people healed when you've done this? Bruce came for uh, 200 miles to be in the service because uh, his cousin told him about my experience. And Bruce was in the fourth stage of terminal liver cancer. Sid, uh, he is beyond a doubt the worst case I've ever seen walking. He looked like a walking skeleton. Be honest with you, I wasn't convinced because I had such limited time to talk to him that he would live to uh, go back to his home. Hmm. I spent I, I just loved him at the altar. I took him out to eat afterwards and tried to talk to him about the promises of God and and that, that God uh, wanted him totally healed and shared with him more of my experience. And Sid, a year later, he came back to that very same church in Rockford, Illinois, and testified. And I've just got a, a report and a picture and seen him, and he's totally 100% healed of cancer. And, and you, you had a sneak attack of cancer. I mean, you know, you think this doesn't happen to someone that's been to heaven and uh, and and has had such encounters with the Lord, uh, but the devil tried to knock you out. I mean, that's literally what he did. And after you got he- healed, so many people that hear your testimony with cancer and not just cancer, anything are get are getting healed. Uh, but but let me take you back uh, to the library. Um, the, the, I'm sorry, the, I guess you call it where the records were. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, I saw prayer requests that we have uh, lifted up, uh, people that we have introduced to Jesus, all of your partners that have partnered with you financially and contributed. They are going to receive the rewards of uh their impartation in uh, helping to lead people to Jesus. And what I mostly saw, and the most important thing I saw, Sid, was uh, the Lamb's Book of Life. It was just a gigantic book covered in white wool. And uh, an angel opened up the pages and flipped over in those pages and found my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it said, paid in full by the precious red blood of Jesus. Now, also there, there's a set of books from the moment you're born to the moment you die. If you don't know Jesus the Messiah, then everything of your life was recorded in those books. And one day you'll have to give an account of that. Uh, how about just out of curiosity, what about our thoughts? Are that is that recorded? Because Jesus talks about uh, the thought is as bad as the deed. Every single thought is there. Many instances that I read uh, in in your new book uh, uh, confirm this. That. Uh, Literally, we we could just uh, there, there's a young man named Richard in your book, and uh, you could just literally transfer a thought. You didn't have to have verbal communication, and I really experienced that to a greater degree of understanding uh, when I was there in heaven. Because in in the river of life, for instance, you did you were consumed with this water, and it was energy and light 
flowing through you, and uh, yet you could just communicate by a, a thought. You didn't have to verbally speak. But what I saw, Sid... Uh, but, 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 but what I'm concerned about is if all of these uh, bad thoughts that we've had in our lifetime and all of these bad deeds that we've done in our lifetime are all recorded in a book... Uh, well, well, when well, you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's what I saw. An angel took a cloth and it just like wiped out all those transactions, all those thoughts, all those bad deeds. It just cleared it all, Sid. It erased it. So, so when when it says when it says in Scripture uh, that God will remember our sins no more, That's it. it really means that. It really means it, because you can bring it up and think about it. The devil can say to you, remember when you did this and that. But Jesus, uh, because he died for us and shed his blood, that blood just wipes it all away. So, so, so in effect, all of those things, did you actually see them wiped away before your eyes? Right before my eyes, I mm. actually saw a man on the earth come from where I was at in heaven. I looked down and saw a man come, and he asked Jesus Christ to become his Messiah. I saw the angels go instantly, wipe out everything. Uh, the Bible calls them the books, and wiped out everything that had happened. His name is written in Lamb's Book of Life, and all the people started rejoicing. They uh, uh, went, his mother was in another section of heaven, and they went and started uh, singing to her, rejoice, rejoice, your son is coming home. Now the angels, they're created by God, they didn't understand it, so they just kind of stood there in awe and watched this. But all of the saints that had been washed in the blood, they're rejoicing over it, Sid, because it's all wiped out. Mm. Uh, let, me, let me ask you about the... Um, uh, but, but what about a Christian where uh, they've, they've really repented, really made Jesus their Lord... Uh, but then they get caught up in a sin, uh, be it homosexuality, uh, be it murder, be it any any sin, uh, and they don't repent. Uh, do, you ha do you have any insight there? Well, I believe that they will have to be given uh, accountability of that. And uh, the Bible says, the most important thing says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But uh, if not, then those sins are going to follow, and they're going to have to be given account of. So someone that's, say, caught up into pornography, well, <laughs> I wouldn't want to give an account of any sin. I, I want to get rid of everything. <laughs> there won't be anything hidden there at that point. Mm. So the best thing is just to... Well, personally, uh, based on my understanding of Scripture, if someone is in the sin and, and they don't repent... They're stuck. They have to give an account for it. If they do, they're not going to make it to a perfect place called heaven. That's what I believe, Sid. Uh-oh, our time has slipped away. Gary, uh, a room that others have seen, 
uh, that intrigues me immensely is the parts room. Tell me about that. It was about, I would say, 500 yards from the throne room of God, Sid, when my best friend John, who had um, died uh, prematurely in an accident uh, that I met when I went to heaven, answering in my mind, will we know one another in heaven? John took me to this uh, room, and it captured my attention uh, because on the outside of the door uh, was a sign that said, Unclaimed Blessings. And uh, it, it looked like an area that you would store your personal uh, possessions, like here upon the earth. But when I opened this door, to my astonishment, I saw legs hanging from the wall. I saw arms. I saw every part of one's anatomy there. You know, and people ask me, well, why does God need a room like that in heaven? Because he has a spare part room and he has a miracle uh, for you, especially when you need one. The most important thing that you'll need at some point in your life will be a miracle. And sometimes, like in my case, in the, in the automobile accident that took my life, my vocal cords were severed. And I have medical proof and an actual x-ray that shows I cannot speak. And uh, so I needed that. Uh, people need new kidneys. They need uh, different various parts, maybe uh, a new eardrum to hear, or they need... So, so if, if, there, if this parts room is there, and we pray, how come... I mean, I, I know when you pray this happens, but how come most people don't get new body parts? Do you have any explanation? I mean, that should be normal. <laughs> yes, sir, I do. I saw this happen, and uh, I saw people pray on the earth. I saw their prayers go up to God. I saw God... Uh, through Jesus, send that uh, prayer, that an, an angel to go over to the spare parts room, get the miracle, and I saw, see, uh, the angel come back to earth to deliver that miracle to that specific person. Now, sometimes it was instant, but many times it, it, it took time because there was demonic forces up in the uh, sky. Like Daniel talks about, because there were prayers stopping his answer. Exactly, but it was released exactly at the time frame in which the person requested it. But I saw all this opposition, and here's what I saw, Sid. I saw the angel come right up, give the person the miracle. And then I heard things like this, well, it must not be my time, or, uh, you know, they begin to think that they... Uh, uh, how, how about this? God works in mysterious ways. That's, <laughs> the, that's one of them. That's, that's often used. Are there people even that believe... But it's not supposed to be a mystery for his children. <laughs> not. It's the children's bread to be healed and whole. And then there are some people that just flat didn't believe and receive. Hmm. And Jesus has told me in these last few months to emphasize strongly when I tell this part of my testimony, and especially when I'm praying for people, to tell them to lift their hands up and say, I believe I receive. 
And I saw people receive Sid. I saw some people just they re- reject. And then the angel had to turn around, and they had to go back up and deposit that ring in a place called unclaimed blessings. Mm. And I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to see things that were ours to possess and to, to have hold of here. I believe there are a lot of people, they go to heaven, but they go prematurely. And uh, they could have received an extension of life. They could have been healed and made whole. But through ignorance, uh, doubt, unbelief, uh, whatever, they reject it. They say uh, God isn't a God of miracles. But you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And right now, people would just believe. I, I believe right now, this very moment, God is healing someone of, of a severe attack of diverticulitis. He's touching their body right now, and he's, he's giving someone a new eardrum right now, Sid, as we're talking uh, on the radio. And someone that has asthma, probably deep asthmatic condition, if you'll take seven deep breaths. In fact, Sid, let me just tell you, a lady that that just contacted me a few weeks ago, her name is Stacy from Kokomo, Indiana, and I've talked to her pastor, and her pastor verifies this testimony. She actually had severe asthma, and she said it felt like a, a elephant was like sitting on top of her chest. And she read this about the spare parts room, and she just decided, I'm going to take God and take his promises and accept them. And she lifted up her hands and she said, I want you lungs. And right there, that very moment, God touched her and it's been verified. And then as a bonus, so to speak, she had severe allergies and God instantly healed her. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm curious. Um, something new is happening with me and happening with several of my friends. People that have body parts that are metal are turning to bone. The metal is disappearing. Uh, has this happened at all with you? I've heard of that, and I'm, I'm uh, not surprised at that at all because we're going to see things that are unsurpassing, limitless, uh, incomparable. We're, we're in a time and a season of God-set favor. So I, I take all restrictions off. Okay. Tell me how you got from heaven back to your body. Well, when you're in heaven and in the presence of Jesus and he's speaking to you, uh, you don't want to leave there. And you're certainly not in a hurry to come back to this world. But my little sister, who was in the car with me, had heard them, the doctors pronounced me dead, and they were working on her to save her life. She began to pray the name above every name. She began to say, Jesus, the Messiah. And she just called it out, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And said, there's power in the name of Jesus. It causes every demon in hell to to get nervous and shake and quake when a believer will use it. It it causes angels to stand. She, She didn't accept the fact that your death was the right time or permanent. Exactly, exactly. And, and God responded, and Jesus uh, responded, and life then came back into my body because 
in heaven, I was taking this tour, saw a mansion, my mansion, I'll spend all eternity in, saw the river of life, had been commissioned by Jesus and to make him real. And my best friend said to me, you've got to go back. She's using that name. Hmm. Uh, you're on a radio station in Oklahoma with uh, the owner named David Ingalls. Yes. And I just heard you there uh, this past weekend when I was up ministering. David Ingalls wrote a song of my testimony, and it's on his album, You've Got to Go Back. She's using that name. And it's my story, and, it's, and it tells about when my little sister began to use the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, shot me right back into my body. Okay. Uh, you're dead, you come back to life. And I have a list of some of the things was that were wrong with you. Your nose was torn off, your jaw was broken, you had a severed vocal cord, you had a broken neck, you had a crushed larynx. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, you're, you, uh, you, were a, uh, you majored in music in college, you were a singer, uh, and uh, uh, so when you came back, they said you would never speak speak, let alone sing again. Why would you never speak or sing? Well, my vocal cords were severed. My larynx was crushed. I could have produced death from suffocation. Plus, my neck was broken, C1, C2, C3. And uh, doctors say, usually, if you have a C2 break, usually you die from that. If not, you become like Superman, Chris Reeve, uh, paraplegic for the rest of your life. Mm. But I, I had started off wanting to be a singer. That was my, that, that was my, uh, ambition. And, uh, so now the doctor walks in with, with, uh, the severed vocal cords and he tells me, you will never speak again, let alone ever be able to sing. You, you must have been, well, even though you've had this great experience in heaven, that had to be about one of the most crushing things you could hear, because that was your life. It was devastating, because that, that was my whole purpose, and, and at, uh, in heaven, Jesus had given me a specific commission, and we'll talk about that maybe on another program, told me specifically some things to tell people, and now, Sid, I can't tell them, you know, and I, I had never considered myself to be a preacher. I love to sing, and that's what I majored in. And that's what okay, I'll tell you, hold that thought, uh, but I'm going to tell you something, Mishpocha. <laughs> when you hear what happened to Gary, you're going to have faith for anything. Well, not just Gary's testimony, but nine other ordinary people that had either visions or died and went to heaven, explain it, and when you get insight into the invisible world, you're going to pray uh, with understanding and with faith like you've never had before. Uh, I just wish we had time on the radio to tell you all these wonderful stories, but we're offering the brand new book, Heaven is Beyond Your Wildest Expectations. Uh, the two CDs, the updated, of course, uh, new release of Life After Death, uh, which some of the best people in the book, in the CDs that we've ever interviewed in, in 40 years of uh, radio. Uh, and we have a bonus CD. Is anything too hard for God? People are being healed of cancer and amazing healings are happening because Gary prays for you on this CD, all available for a gift of $35. Call our order only line, one 800 
I have Dr. Gary Wood on the telephone right now, and uh, Gary died. For, he was pronounced dead uh, from an auto accident. Uh, they took him to the hospital, uh, and he had an out-of-body experience, which is one of the more phenomenal ones I've heard over the years. Um, and he came back to his body. Uh, but uh, his whole purpose in life, his degree was in music. His purpose was to sing. And the doctor said, not only will you never sing again, I mean, your vocal cord is, is severed. Your, your larynx is to- was totally crushed. You'll not only never sing again, you'll never speak again. You should have just died many times over uh, just from asphyxiation by having uh, uh, these things crushed. Uh, but but uh, you had a visitor in the hospital. Tell me about him. Well, Jesus walked into my hospital room, and uh, I did. He still look Jewish. He still looks. <laughs> I've asked that question a lot. I always think it's humorous. And uh, I looked in his eyes. His complexion is olive. Of course, it's kind of it, it's your complexion. You're a Jewish man, but uh, he had the rabbitic, rabbinical curls. As a Jewish rabbi, I saw he had this golden belt around his waist. He, he had a sash that said "King of Kings" and "Lord of Lords." And his robe was uh, oh, it was white, but it was just illuminating light. And uh, he looked deep, deep into me, and and his eyes were just full of of love. And his eyes were blue. Now, as, as I have told my testimony over these past forty six years, I have learned that Jewish people from the house and tribe of Judah are known to have blue eyes. And so Jesus just looked at me with those eyes. Love flooded me. He, at this time, in the hospital, didn't speak to me. He had spoken to me previously, and I'll tell about that in a little bit. But he, he put his hands, reached out, and touched my throat, and he just smiled at me. Uh, on the radio, a song was playing, and uh, the name of the song is He Touched Me. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. And it says something happened, and now I know. He touched me, and he made me whole. And see it, when that song was playing, I, in my mind, because the doctors had just said I'd never be able to speak again, I, I, I said in my mind, Jesus, if you'll give me the ability to speak, I'll, I'll tell this story to everyone. And Jesus walked in. I mean, how are you going to tell about heaven and all that happened if you can't speak? And so he walked in. He touched me, Sid. And uh, then he just walked out of the room. And, and when he walked out of the room, uh, uh, immediately coming into the room after he left, oh, and, and I, I must say this, he didn't come in by the door, and he didn't leave by the door. He is the door. He just was there. He just instantly was there. And and when he left, the nurse uh, came in bringing me food. She had been serving me and taking care of me. And she said, good morning, Mr. Wood. 
how are you today? Well, she didn't expect me to answer because I hadn't been able to, Sid. I'd been under reconstructive surgery for nine months. And uh, I just th- I, I threw up my hands because when G- and, and I said, praise God I'm healed. Because when Jesus comes in the room, everything changes. Uh, well, what happened with her? She dropped the tray of food. <laughs> <laughs> and she went running outside. Uh, she got the doctors, and the doctors came in. I'm, I'm like overwhelmed right now. I feel it so strong as we're talking. It just, I'm closing my eyes, and I'm seeing it all over again. The doctors came in. And I'm just praising God, Sid. When you get touched miraculously the way I was, and it's the most important thing in your life at that point, I mean, you're just you're just wanting to express your love and devotion to the one who touched you. And I was doing that. And she came in. And the doctors came in. Doctors started examining me. They said, you can't speak. You can't talk. It, there's no way. It's impossible. It's impossible. And, and you know what? You're a walking, living miracle because although there is a parts room in heaven, you do not have uh, new parts. And so when they, when they x-rayed you, how can you be speaking even today? Only through the supernatural, miraculous power of God. Yeah, you don't have a larynx? No, sir. It's crushed. And I have an x-ray. The, I, I have an x-ray that I show, and uh, it verifies. We have doc, well, one of the leading doctors that verified uh, my miracle. Uh, you know, years ago, I heard of someone whose eye was removed, but they could still see. Uh, and yours is in the same classification. Your larynx was crushed. It's still crushed. It doesn't operate. Your vocal cords were cr- were, were, were cut. Uh, and you still speak, and you still sing. Yes, sir. Uh, if, what did the speech pathologist say to you? She said that it was impossible for me to speak. Uh, the only way that I could speak would be that uh, I would have to have some kind of implantation uh, device put into my uh, throat uh, that you've seen perhaps people use at times, but even with that, it would be impossible uh, in my particular case for me to ever uh, speak again. And she gives verification of this. When I give my testimony, uh, I have verification of uh, what she said because your, your voice is used for linguistic purposes that makes you be able to speak uh, louder or softer. And that's what she thought was so amazing. Now, now out of curiosity, is your voice different than it was before that accident? Yes, sir. I believe it is. Is it better? I believe totally. And I hope I can say this in a very humble way because I give Jesus uh, all the glory. I, I believe it's the voice that he gave me to speak to this generation, to give this message. Uh, and, and, you know, another thing that uh, you mentioned that is mind-blowing to me is you heard songs in heaven before you ever heard them on earth. Exactly. I heard uh, He is Lord. Uh, I heard a little song, All Together, Lovely. He's, I heard many songs that we sing uh, 
today, uh, Alleluia was sung continually. Uh, but this, you had never heard these songs on earth. They were ready to be released from heaven to earth. And I'd never heard them. And I asked my friend, I heard them sing one song that I knew up on the earth. And I asked, it was called All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. And I asked my friend why they were singing that song in heaven. And he said, uh, Gary, all songs of heaven, of, of the Spirit, originate in heaven. Then they're dropped into the heart of someone who'll be faithful to give that song forth for the glory of God. I saw trees like clapping, Sid, and uh, there's all kinds of music uh, in heaven. When I was uh, taken by angels up to heaven, they were singing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive glory and power, wisdom and dominion, be given unto thee forever, O Lord. Amen and amen. And uh, I read several accounts of uh, different people uh, in your book, Heaven is beyond your wildest expectations that had similar experiences. Uh, I saw flowers sing when I was there in heaven. Yeah, you know what excites me, though? When you heard the song, He Touched Me, yes. and, you, and Jesus then actually touched you, and you had a major, major miracle. It's still mind-blowing to me. When you sing, he touched me. What happens? People get healed when I begin to lift up my voice and sing that song. I I love that song, and we've seen uh, people healed of cancer, uh, diabetes, all kinds of things have transpired. Ears have been instantly opened. There was a 21-year-old young man that had never heard, and instantly his ears opened. He was astonished. There was such... Uh, uh, amazement upon his face. Well, well, what I'm going to do on tomorrow's broadcast, if it's okay with you, Gary, is I'm going to have you sing that song on tomorrow's broadcast. Well, my guest, Dr. Gary Wood, died, pronounced dead, went to heaven, was instructed to tell this generation something from Jesus. I've got to know what Jesus told you in heaven. What was your commission? Well, he told me to come back and tell people that they're unique, they're special, there's a song to sing, there's a book to write, and you've just fulfilled that. You've done it on more than one occasion, but now you come out with this exciting book of all these thrilling testimonies, of which I'm thankful to be a part of. But he said there's a message uh, to, to proclaim. He said there's a uh, generation to reach. We're living in the most exciting days that anyone could ever be privileged to live in. And he's commissioned me to make heaven real to everyone and be and help them be prepared to go there. And in uh, 2012, uh, Jesus spoke to you and told you further things about uh, what's going to happen in America, and what's going to happen to Christians, and further instructions for them. Tell me that. Well, he told me to tell people not to give up on the red, white, and blue. A lot of people are looking at things that are transpiring, getting discouraged, having a, a fatalist attitude. And he said that in this 
a perverse generation. We are to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We're not uh, not hide our ourselves, but we're to let uh, uh, Jesus shine forth out of our life. You know, it's got to be such a contrast between people that walk in holiness and people that walk in, in religion. What a contrast it'll be. It, it will definitely be that in this last day we'll see people that will uh, be determined to obey God and do exactly what he said to do, and therefore, as a result, they'll receive uh, his innumerable blessings. And then there'll be people that are not going to walk in that. If they choose not to, then uh, the curse is going to operate and come upon them. So it's it's imperative that we walk in holiness. Uh, he, he told me, uh, Sid, that his glory is going to be poured out stronger and stronger in this last day, And we must judge ourselves so the judgment does not come upon us. And he's given us a season to get things in order. And that's what we need to do. And and did he show you what would happen with those that uh, did not repent and did not walk in holiness at this time? Yes, there's a real literal place that the Bible calls hell, and most people don't want to think about that, but it's a place of eternal darkness, uh, separation. I had a brother that was a member of the Hell's Angels. He was uh, the sergeant of arms, and I've lived long enough now and told this story numerable years to where I've met people that actually knew him. And I tried to get him to give his heart and life to Jesus, but he refused. There was a drug raid. There were shots exchanged. He died in that. And I saw what's going to happen. One day he'll stand at the great white throne judgment, and uh, there'll be that set of books that's called the books with every thought and deed and intent. And my brother will try to make up all kinds of excuses, but it'll be too late. And Jesus will say something like, I could have been your advocate, I could have been your go-between, but now I am your judge. And uh, he'll be separated from God and Jesus for all eternity. And I, and I saw that happen. And I was uh, at my brother's funeral, ministering at his funeral, and I saw uh, a lot of hell's angels give their heart and lives to Jesus but Sid, the most important thing was, as I came down to my mother and I said, Mom, uh, this was my earthly mom who birthed me, my natural mom. I was, a, I was adopted. And, but I came to my natural mother and I said, Mom, you have two choices. You're going to spend eternity either with uh, me or my brother David, at either a place called heaven or a place called hell. And she said, I want to go to heaven with you. And I had the opportunity to lead my mom to Jesus Christ. Sid, now, she died. Now, now I know she's in heaven. Now, the, the devil tried to take you out with cancer, and yes. you had another miracle. Uh, and when you share this story, people get healed of terminal cancer. Tell me about the woman that, that heard about you from our television show from South Korea that was so sure she was going to be healed, she flew into one of your meetings. What was wrong with her and what happened to her? She had terminal liver cancer and uh, she flew into uh, a town in Oklahoma and she had her two sons with her 
And I went back in the service that night, introduced myself, because it was kind of unusual to see Koreans in this particular church. And uh, I told him who I was, and the young man said, yes, I know you're Gary Wood. We, you're very, very famous in South Korea. And I said, oh, sure, yes. And uh, I said, where are you from? He said, South Korea. And anyway, when it finally dawned on me that they truly were from South Korea, they told me that they said, we saw you on Sid Roth, very, very important man of God. And the program, it's supernatural. And they said, we knew if we could fly here and get our mom in one of your services, she would be healed. So Sid, they flew 21 hours and came to that service. And, you know, I was overwhelmed. I wanted to buy them a meal. I wanted to pay for their motel room. And they were almost offended. They said, no, man of God, we didn't come for that. We came for your prayer of faith. Well, she's gone back now, and we've received total verification that she's absolutely healed of terminal liver cancer. Uh, you know, Gary, uh, you talked about the prophecy that you had, that those that were walking in uh, holiness would be promoted, and those that uh, would refuse will be exposed. I think we're yeah. coming into that time right now. We're going to see more people exposed of their sin, and that's not bad. That's good, because hopefully they'll repent. However, uh, you recently had a reward where an angel of prosperity uh, was assigned to you. And what's happened to your income? Well, it has just doubled ever since that time. Uh, oh, whoops. I just realized their time's slipping away. And I promised our audience, because when you sing, he touched me, God heals. Get ready to receive. Gary, just impromptu right now. Would you he sing, He Touched Me? me. Oh, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me Just receive it right now. Just receive that impartation and that touch of Jesus upon your life. And I command every cancerous cell, all tumors, to evaporate and be demolished and be diminished from your life right now. And God's healing power to surge through you and heal your blood and cause you to be whole in the marvelous, wonderful name. Of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, when you sang that, Gary, I just zoomed right in the spirit, and I see people being healed of all types of problems with bones. For instance, wrists are being healed. Ankles are being healed. Uh, any, any problem in a bone area is being healed, and I'm going to step one f f forward. I'm going to say a lot of people that have metal plates of some sort are uh, being restored into, in, into natural bone in Jesus' name. Yes. I see a thyroid being healed, and someone has a severe sinus infection that God is God is touching a rotor cup right now. God is touching someone with a speech impediment. It's, it's not as bad as, as uh, like having your vocal cords cut like mine 
were, but this has been an embarrassment to you for a large percentage of your life. And just like God healed Oral Roberts of that speech impediment years ago, he's healing someone right now, Sid. And, and, and carpal tunnel, arthritis in your fingers, uh, just start moving. You'll see, oh, our time is really slipping away, Gary, but I want to make this book of which you're one of the 10 ordinary people uh, that has had an encounter with heaven and ta- come back to talk about it. It's called Heaven is Beyond Your Wildest Expectation. And then the two CDs, they're updated, the new release of Life After Death, uh, and the special CD where you f- you share your full testimony of being healed of cancer. And so many people are being healed of cancer, but then everything else gets healed because you pray a special prayer of impartation, all available for a gift of $35. Shabbat broadcast. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you right now. The Lord is putting his favor around you right now. The Lord is smiling at you. He's smiling all over you right now. The Lord is gifting you right now. The Lord is giving you his peace, his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, soul, and body right now in the name that is above every name, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.